Good morning, and as if by magic, silence appeared. Hopefully this morning we'll share some time together on a day where a lot of the world is thinking about their dead. A lot of the world is thinking about times past and happy memories with people who are no longer here. Our morning is a time of remembrance. Our morning is a time of coming together and meeting our Lord. Lord, when we meet to worship thee, before us let thy glory pass. Proclaim thy mercy rich and free. In Jesus may we see thy face. Help us to bow with reverent awe and yet to praise with grateful love, to fear with all our hearts thy law, and yet thy tender mercy prove. Thy throne, although it is so high, we know to be a throne of grace. In confidence we now draw nigh and worship at the meeting place. O meet with us, reveal thy power, send down thy blessing from above that in this peaceful, solemn hour, we each may feel thy wondrous love. Let's sing together. Father, your light's coming in through the windows. So much so, we've had to block it out. Father, this morning, help us to see your light. Help us to see your light coming through darkness that the world experiences. Help us to see your light, Jesus. Help us to see your love, your kindness, your friendship. Lord, meet with us. Please, reveal your power. Not just this morning, but every moment of every day of our lives. And help us to be open to that approach. Bless each one of us as we share in our remembrance together. Andrew's very shortly going to come and give us the um, announcements and let us know what's going on this week. Morning everybody. We do put all our arrangements in God's hands and we thank God for being with us through the past week and prayers answered and Work in progress in prayers. We thank you, Lord, for all these gifts and be with us now. Well, it's lovely to welcome Aaron and family. I've seen Aaron around somewhere. And Matt and Amy, Morris and Margaret, and Alan and Anne. Welcome to you all and anybody I've missed. I've not had any further news on Rob this week, but I'm hoping to, hopefully I might get to see Rob for 20 minutes or so tomorrow. Um, I've got to get in touch with Rob. Uh, Ian and Gladys remain about the same. Um, Juan isn't really very well. Uh, He has his eye operation on Tuesday, so we'll be thinking, praying for Juan, particularly on Tuesday. Uh, Marion has been visited this week. Marion doesn't feel able to come on Sunday mornings, much as she would like to, but it would be too exhausting for her. So we're trying to arrange um, a short breaking of bread uh, service with Marion at her home uh, once a month. Pauline has had quite um, a stressful week. She's been quite poorly this week. We're very concerned actually about Pauline as she's very weak and frail. So we'll keep you um, updated on that. 
And we also think of John Bonani in um, the DRC. John should, should have had uh, his hearing last week, but the family failed to turn up. So the hearing now has been deferred to this coming Friday. So again, we'll remember John um, in our present, particularly on Friday, as this ordeal for him continues. So those are all the announcements from away. Thank you, Trevor. Is there anybody else we'd like to include in prayer? Father, I know you're listening and I know you can hear our thoughts and our prayers. And I'd, I'd just ask you to do what you do. We know you are a caring God. We know you are a loving God. And I'd ask for whatever circumstances people know that you are close to them I can't pray to you God and ask you to fix things because some things can't be fixed but I can pray to you God and ask you to show people love and through us Help us to show those people going through difficulties in whatever way. Help us to show love. Thank you, Father. Amen. It's always fantastic when anybody comes to this church. It's really great when somebody comes and says, I want to be part of this church. Come and join me, Matt. This is completely unprepared, so what's about to come out of my mouth could be a little bit dodgy, but the one thing that is dodgy is my love for this man here. I'm delighted that Matt's decided to become part of the battle, and I'm just going to ask you, and then I'm going to, well, that's you first, and then I'm going to ask you. If you look after him and care, Matt, you've you made a decision to, to be part of this church. Um, do you promise to love these people? Do you promise to care for these people? And do you promise to play an active part in making this church God's home? Without me having to repeat that, because there's not a lot of chance that's going to happen. <laughs> Do you promise to love Matt in the same way? We do. Yes. Take a seat. Tuesday is Armistice Day. Remembrance Day. This is the day when the Commonwealth nations at the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month stop and remember those who died in the First World War. The war ran from 1914 to 1918 and in it 19.7 million people lost their lives. In Britain, beginning in 1939, the two-minute silence was moved to the Sunday nearest to the 11th of November in order not to interfere 
with wartime production should the 11th of November fall on a weekday. Today is Remembrance Sunday, the nearest Sunday to Armistice Day. And across a large part of the globe at this time, people are remembering their dead. In the lead-up to Remembrance Day, volunteers have been planting thousands of ceramic poppies on the lawn around the Tower of London to remember those who died in the First World War. The memorial includes 888,246 ceramic poppies which have been progressively filling the tower's moat. And at the peak of the installation, on November the 11th, there will be one poppy for each British fatality in the First World War. Up to four million people are expected to have visited the installation called Blood-Swept Lands and Seas of Red. And as of yesterday, it was announced that parts of this exhibition will now tour the country. On screen is not a sea of poppies. On screen is a Google map. And I realise that's a bit difficult to see, but hopefully it'll give the right effect. Because what you can see on screen is actually just a map of all the cemeteries purely relating to the Battle of the Somme. Okay? When I first saw that, that really blew me away. Because I've no idea of size and context. In that installation at the tower, there are 50 poppies in every square metre. And to get an understanding of the size and scale of World War I, the Quakers have taken that a stage further. Because in this picture, using exactly the same distribution of 50 poppies in every square metre, that shows how much of London would be covered in poppies if we use the number of fatalities across the world from World War I. People have tried to obtain records of the number of people who have lost their lives through war. You won't be able to read the next slide, and that's deliberate. Because that is a list of how many people have lost their lives in the major conflicts. You might be able to read it, actually. World War II, potentially up to 85 million people. The Mongol conquest, up to 70 million people. The Three Kingdoms War, up to 40 million people. Eastern Front, 30 million people. All the way through, World War I is somewhere in the middle of there. The Korean War, 1.2 million. I stopped at a million. And I stopped at a million because, at that font size, it goes down four slides worth. That gives us a glimpse of how wrong we, as people, get it in our attempt to try and live together. The slide is a list of the number of people who have lost their lives through conflict. And it's frightening to think, at this moment in time, when we are sat in this church, here in this peaceful country in Manchester, someone is losing their life through war now.
and someone doesn't know whether they're going to survive the next five minutes. On my notes, it actually says here, perhaps a little unusual and we're not quite at 11am. But that's near enough. And what we are going to do, which is a little unusual, is we are going to take two minutes. And we're going to get two minutes to remember people who we don't know. Maybe some we do. But people who have fought for causes, some of which we agree with, many of which we don't. But we're going to take two minutes in silence just to remember. We will remember them. about millions that have died, many of which believe they've died for a good cause, a number of which believe they've died in the cause of religion for their God. Why do millions of people die on battlefields, in bombings, in shootings, in combat, in conflict? They forget to love. And they were encouraged that fighting was the better thing to do. How many millions of lives have been lost for a cause? So today, we've come here to remember. But we've not come here this morning to remember millions. We've come here to remember one. Only one. 
One man who died in a faraway country over 2,000 years since. He didn't speak our language. He lived in a different culture from a very different upbringing. Very different society. Very different ideals. We don't remember him at the 11th hour, on the 11th day, on the 11th month. See, we try and remember him each week in bread and wine. And we try and involve him and his values and his ways in every day. So what makes him so different? What makes him so special? When you set out this morning to come to remember Jesus, what do you come to remember? What are the things about him that instead of dividing people, actually bring us together? Any conflict that comes in here, we bring. Jesus doesn't. Any division, any disagreement, any battles, they're ours. They're not his. See, this is a world at war because we're not very good at doing what Jesus wants us to do. We allow hate and conflict and we justify ourselves in our actions at times in the cause of our faith. Jesus was, is very different. See, he gave us very, very simple instructions to follow. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Love your neighbour as yourself. There is no greater command than these. What did Jesus come to do? What do we come to remember? And when you remember, when you remember Jesus, what comes to mind? It's always risky when at the point of a service you go down the route of audience participation. So guess what? Here we go. Can you tell me, please, in one word, when you come to remember Jesus, what do you think of? Mercy. Love. Hope. God. Forgiveness, thank you. Grace, thank you. Peace. Peace, thank you. Resurrection, thank you. This smile. This smile. It's two words, but I'm going to let you off. Kindness. Thank you, Sylvia. 
Salvation. Faithfulness. Self-control. It's got a hyphen in the middle, that's allowed. Sin. Kindness. Don't matter if we say it twice. Amazingness. I like it when people make words up. It's good. Humility. Humility. Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Just in case everything went quiet, I decided to give you a few starters for ten. And for each individual, it is individual. It is who Jesus is to you. Thankfully, the one I really wanted to hear, because they were all good, but the one I really wanted to hear came out very quickly. Because Jesus is love. And therefore, when we're talking about war, and we're talking about love, they couldn't be further apart. Because Jesus came to give us a very clear message. I think he came to show us God. He came to show us love. He came to show us real love. He came to show us God's love. And people forget to love see Jesus came to show us a more excellent way Julia please would you come and read for us 1 Corinthians 13 and now I will show you the most excellent way if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. When I was a child, I taught like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Now we see but a poor reflection, as in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part... Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, 
faith, hope and love. But the greatest of these is love. And do you know the most important thing about all of that? Do you know the thing we need to remember first and foremost? He loved us first. Let's sing together. Jesus loves the church. Please, take a seat. Jesus is love. He remembered how to love. And in front of us, we see the evidence of that. See, as we come now to remember Jesus, we need to remember everything he brings, but focus on the fact that he is love. And actually, when it comes down to it, love should be what drives us. Love should be at the centre of every thought, every word, every action. Love is the complete opposite to conflict. Love shows us God. Jesus needs to be at the centre of our every thought, every deed, every action. He needs to be the thing that fires us up, our source. He needs to be our hope. But he needs to be our fire. He needs to be the thing that actually gets us out of bed in the morning. He needs to be the the person, he needs to be the being that actually is driving us forward. Jesus needs to be our centre. Aaron, will you come and pray for the bread? Father. Father, we've remembered. We've remembered millions. Millions of men and women who have died in conflict. Millions who had no choice. Who could not save themselves. And there's millions and millions more who have died over years. Sometimes in war, sometimes in peace. Who cannot help themselves. We cannot help ourselves. But you've helped us, Father. You've helped us. And Jesus, we remember you today. And we know that you went through conflict. And you went through struggle and suffering and pain. But your conflict was not one that you forced on others. Your conflict was your own. Your conflict was your choice. And you chose to die for us. And that, Jesus, is love. That, Father, we can see through him how you love us. 
And that is a challenge for us to go out and to fight our cause by loving one another and by loving those around us and by showing you to the world. So, Father, help us in that cause. So, Jesus, please be close to us and thank you so much for what you've done. Amen. Just one man. Loving Father, Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for these symbols. Thank you for this wine where we can remember one man, you, Lord Jesus, who gave yourself, so the Bible says, for the sins of the whole world. And thank you for this symbol that we remember thoughts of being washed clean, cleansed, made new again. Lord, we're reminded today of the dead and we're reminded of you Lord Jesus one man dead but more powerfully reminded of life your life for many Lord I heard a story this week about a man who saved a family by taking them across Checkpoint Charlie the crossing place between the east and west in Berlin when there was a war and today marks 50 years from the war coming down and it reminds us of freedom just like you, Lord Jesus, remind us of freedom in giving yourself for us. Yes, Lord, we do remember. We do remember the, the dead. We remember. But in this cup, there is wine that reminds us that ultimately this world and everything in it is not cold and dead and hopeless. This wine reminds us that death does not have the last word. Lord, thank you for this reminder that you are interested in life, in our life, in us having life and having it to the full because it is in you Lord, it reminds us of resurrection. Resurrection life that starts now, even before we die. Give us renewed hope and strength and wisdom to carry 
your life with us to bring hope and light and share your love and your promise as we remember in this wine that we share together Lord we remember and give you thanks in the strong name of our resurrected Lord Jesus Amen Jesus knew that we'd need this time. He knew that we'd need bread and wine. And he knew that we'd need time to reconnect. To help us remember our lovely Lord. But as Aaron and Alex both highlighted, he's not a lovely dead Lord. He's a lovely living Lord. He's not a saviour who we look back to try and remember he's a saviour who rose from the dead who beat death and is now very much alive so you Jesus are sitting on the right hand of God and you're watching us remembering you we know you as a saviour who fought the battle against sin and death and you won thank you you fought the battle of humanity you overcame manliness and chose godliness because you Jesus aren't just one man you're the one man who made a difference and we'd like to celebrate Jesus We celebrate your victory. All my days I'll sing this song of gladness. Give my praise to the fountain of delights. For in my helplessness you heard my cry. And waves of mercy poured down on my life. Please, take a seat. We spent a morning remembering... And some of that suggests looking backwards. So for the next few minutes, let's focus on now. And let's focus on looking forwards. We've been remembering Jesus. And the question for me, and hopefully for you, is as we start another week, does he remember me? Does he know me? Does he know you? Does he know you and who you are? See, Jesus is different. Because unlike many of those soldiers, unlike many of those people who lost their lives, today and every day, we make the choice on who we follow. We make the choice on who we serve. We remember to love. Do we serve our king on the front line? Or do we choose to forget? Do we choose love? Do we choose life? See, the great thing is, 
We've not been conscripted into service. We're not forced. Our leader, our commander, our captain, our master gives us the choice. And we choose whether we decide to give our lives to him. But it is absolutely about us knowing Jesus. All I once held dear, built my life upon, all this world reveres and wars to own. All I once thought gain, I have counted loss, spent and worthless now compared to this. We're actually going to sing our closing prayer. We're going to sing it through twice.